G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast of Kingston Town, now Northerly Stakes Day at Ascot. Should be a ripper before we look forward with Vince Carty from Daily Sexuals. Let's look back at some of the winners of this great race. At the starting line, engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. Here comes Nicanero though. Nicanero down the outside, past the hundred, swim to the lead. Getting to second, sniper's bullet from Gilded Venom, but Nicanero makes it two wins in the Kingston. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. A hundred to go, playing God is clear. Over on the inside, Ranger finishing brilliantly, but it's two, two wins now in the Kingston town for playing God. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. Going the distance. Pike hasn't really moved, now he does. Look at her go, the three-year-old. Arcadia Queen swept up and grabbed the lead. Further back is Material Man, but the babies run right away from them. Arcadia Queen, he had a peep over the right shoulder, and she's going to blow them away and record a sensational win in the Kingston Town. 150 to go, Galo Jop down the outside, truly great though, he's quickly cut them down, truly great, they headed past the 100, truly great, surges clear, inspirational girl, running home powerfully but it's all in vain and truly great, went to the Kingston Town Classic, from inspirational girl, it's a recent Regal Power getting home at the rate of knots back in the field. Western Empire's the leader. Regal Power charging at it. Western Empire. Regal Power's going to knock him off though. It's another one for the Cerise and White in the Kingston. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi, I never get sick of listening to Darren McCauley call big races. He's just an absolute jet over there. And uh, we are going to try and find some winners. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Rolfie. Yes, yes, of course, he's a, he's a fantastic caller. Absolutely. Well, the uh, the Kingston Town now northerly stakes is the group one that we're going to do the deep dive into. Um, and speaking of deep dive, I haven't had a deep dive too much into uh, in, <laughs> into a little uh, theme for this uh, race because we've got the the older horses taking on the younger horses. We've got some uh, couple of horses coming off a fast tempo race and a slow tempo race, both Bustle and Amelia's Jewel, and some Eastern States form taking on some local form. So some really really good mixtures there. But the uh, uh, Market itself is dominated by Cascadian at the top and Amelia's Jewel at the bottom. First off, uh, the rail is now out six metres. How do you expect Ascot to play? Well, it's definitely going to, firstly, you only pretty much got to get three, four off the fence and you start getting in the lanes. And you'll see in many of the races at Ascot, when they turn for home, they're already three, three or four off the fence. So this could be a very big advantage for on-pace runners. Yep. If they put themselves in that position, particularly the stalkers, <sighs> the track's going to be reasonably fast. So the only way they're going to be negatively set up is if that speed's right on. That could um, be the challenge for them. But I am really taking a position that the runners that will probably give me the big highlights are the on-paced midfielders. They're the ones that I, I want to tune into. 
And and that in itself is interesting. Given uh, let's go to your your speed map here on the on the uh, race speed profiles, the early edition, in that you've got both Cascadian and Amelia's Jewel lacking natural early speed. One's of course drawn inside, one's drawn wider. How are you expecting this race to play pace wise before we get into the uh, deep dive into those two runners? Well, I just naturally set it up again. You know, this is the the strategy around the eighteen hundred meters and what tends to happen it's not an overly big field and there's no real genuine lead speed no but the natural speed which is coming pretty much from 1400 1600 meter profile it's just giving it some natural speed and therefore i still feel that we're going to be one to three lengths above benchmark but i don't I don't believe it's going to be anything like six or eight unless somebody does something ridiculous. But I actually feel it's going to be reasonably orderly. And this should absolutely, definitely, if you're in the golden position, two, three, four, five lengths from that lead speed, you're going to be in a hot place. And I also feel if you're six or seven, you can still do it because you're 100% monster chance of being lanes 15 to 18. You're going to buy back at least the length just whether you're going to be good enough to reel in that lead pack. So really, that's where uh, Betty Mellon came on, uh, Paul Lely. You're saying yep. it's just easier to get to because the rail's had a bit further. Correct. Yeah. So you've got Bustler maybe taking it up because I was scratching my head trying to wonder where, where it's going to come from, or maybe Bad Wolf and Tricks of the Trade, but you've, you've got Bustler who's never previously led, but you, what do you, what's that come down to with just its natural uh, yep. early speed? When you look at the metres per second and you look at the historical one of the trend lines we look at is what's their figure profile like over the last year and what sort of distances. And this particular horse here, it's got a natural speed. It's around 15.74 metres per second, and I've pinned it at 15.45, like two and a half, three lengths below. And this is all coming from 1,400 metre speed. And what's really ironic, the runners around it, they're like low 15s. It just automatically put the horse in that position. So he doesn't have to do much. He just lets it do what he wants to do, and that's where he'll end up? Correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's top and tail it as per the market. So that's Cascade in, in, uh, in the one saddlecloth. Uh, Vince, his run at Flemington when fifth was phenomenal. <laughs> and, and watching his barrier trial, it looked phenomenal. Uh, how are you breaking down his chances here? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've got to look at it first and say, really, who's there riding it? I was going, how, how's that? J Mac, yeah, goes all right. Oh, like what a privilege to have him there. <laughs> really, I yeah, mean, absolutely. He's there for a mission. Do you feel he's not going to love looking for those wide lanes? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I hope so. Uh, yeah. Well, firstly, profile wise, he definitely doesn't mind being on good surface for sure. He has no issues if there's pressure, even though we're not going to get big pressure. But the profile for this horse looks really, really strong. I sort of pinned him that this horse's natural speed somewhere around that minus two, minus five range. Yep. And on drier ground, when I looked at this horse, okay, what's the natural speed for this horse if we're just looking at on the better side of good? What does this horse be, you know, do in particular? And what I was noticing is he's pretty genuine, like, again, two, one length above to two, two and a half below looks to be his range. Therefore, there is this possibility that this horse might be inside five lengths from this lead pack 
once they settled, you know, and gotten through that first thousand meters. So in other words, J Mac just finds a place to you know get a bum or two in front of him, and and from there that it's dangerous, danger for everything else. Yeah, because the only thing he's got to think about is from his barriers that he's just got to slot in. Yeah, and he'll get he'll get that, and oh, if he runs right up to just the last start performance, that pretty much that that was at Flemington. Yeah, got beat one point. If he just runs to that number, which is three point one above. He's pretty much secured himself a top three berth just on that performance. So, and it's funny because when you said about dry track, you know, he's so good on wet tracks. But let's remind ourselves: twice narrowly beaten in the uh, in the um, then Cantala, the mile at Flemington, one of which to your log Prince, five point three lengths above benchmark, and the raw time one thirty four and a half. So correct, he, he can he can go on fast ground. Tell us about that uh, Flemington fifth, because you'd say, oh well, unplaced run. What did he do in that mid race? Yes, well, if you look at the breakdown there, this is that was probably a really major negative for the horse where it was travelling at. 10.7 lengths below benchmark first section. That's a big, big negative for this horse. The move, though, in the mid-race was the real demonstration of how well they had this horse in terms of how it was feeling. To go from minus 10.7 to plus 8.2, that's a monster move in the mid-race. And then still ran the overall last 400, 3.4 above, which included a critical slowdown between the four and the two, Ralphie, of almost three lengths. That was to get to the outside part of the track. So yeah. on a triple group one day, including the uh, the Flemington 1,200 sprint, won by Rockin' Horse. Of course, Nature Strip wasn't at his best that day, but he, he ran the best last 600, 400, 200 the day at the end of a mile. So he yes. hasn't done much more from there. So the only little thing that I was worried about, and I, I started having these, the cold sweats like trekking did one year. <laughs> Yep. He, the barrier trial of this horse was like super slick at Belmont. Yes. Like really slick, Ralphie. I hadn't seen this horse barrier trial this well. Right. Ever. ever. And I go, wow. Either this horse is either thriving on WA or was that the peak? The barrier trial. That's the only caveat I have on this horse because if seeing is believing and the clock is believing, <laughs> then... This horse has turned up in Western Australia like like a monster. It was last Monday week, so he's got thirteen days to get over it. And mm. by the, um, I'm just going to look at the raw time here: one fourteen three. Obviously, he, he hasn't had to do much early, but no. watching the visual, uh, that, that that home straight move was just phenomenal. Yeah, and this is the indicator. Like I marked that down winning trial, but I obviously dialed back and said, "Okay, wow, that's pretty hot." Yep. Hopefully he didn't leave it there. But other than that, is this horse going to be turning up, feeling in the right condition? Well, obviously the profile just of the barrier trial sort of indicates absolutely that this horse might be a, a superstar over there. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Amelia's Jewels. So what we don't talk about is what everyone else has talked about today. <laughs> 50 kilos, 50 kilos, 50 kilos. Let's right. what she's okay. done on the clock. And how are you projecting that? can go to the 1800 and firstly in winning the western australian guineas and it was fantastic but it was a soft tempo and we got apples to apples because on the same program of course was the railway where a few of these have come through in a much higher setup so her performance was good but uh how does it all uh, unfold for you as far as what your th- mindset is over 1800 against the older horses yeah interesting they've 
going to the 1800 metres. I can't see any negative on that in its own right. Firstly, just what the horse has been doing. Yes, that 1600 metre race was a soft speed, 7.9 below. Really allowed this horse to demonstrate what sort of capacity it had over the last 800 metres. And if you look at the combined, it's around plus 11, the combined last 800, Ralphie, which is a fantastic extension of sustained speed. I really did love how big the last four, uh, 200 was, like it was a plus five. That was a that was pretty hot, giving yep. you that clear signal that I don't see how this runner is going to have any challenges at the 1800 with this type of race shape. Yeah. Just sometimes you can be lucky in the sense that you turn up in a race and it's highly unlikely to be of a brutal nature. And this horse has definitely got this set up. Now, class-wise, I've got no ceiling on it. Last start, plus 2.7, 12th best of the day. Indicators are, firstly, when I looked at the first up run, prep to prep, all the trend lines indicate this horse has come back conservatively on the low, one length better to three lengths better. That's purely on natural improvement. Now that we've seen the horse gone from plus 1.5 to the prep to plus 2.7, and then I looked at what happened with the horse between the inside the 600 to the 200-meter mark. There's some clear lines of um, key data points that are indicating this horse could have had, in terms of energy distribution, velocity, speed, in terms of how maintained to get the maximum efficiency, there was probably a length, length and a half, Ralphie. So I do have an expectation that this horse has got the capability of going plus four off this setup. And plus four makes it – Cascadian really needs to bring his A game if she can run plus four. Yeah, well, they're, they're both going to be the type of runners that are going to come from there. Well, I do feel that Cascadian is going to be in front of Amelia's joy potentially. But they both got big sprints. But, yeah, that's there's no question Cascadian – wouldn't have wanted to leave its peaking run in the trial. So the inside barrier, the um, we often see it that you say, well, this horse naturally should be midfield, maybe a little bit further back. Oh, well, it's joined inside. We're just going to push it a bit harder to get, take a position. What, what, what's your, your thinking about what their tactics will be? And I know that that's, a, that's a hard question in itself, but uh, as far as what, what you're forecasting. Well, I pinned it going back, but the natural speed indicator is showing that this horse could easily be from that gate three four links off that lead pack easy it's a forward and midfield probably yeah yeah all right and then um and then <laughs> then let's see if the luck unfolds for patrick carberry uh, who has had to waste as far as what i've read so uh, that's always maybe a factor to uh, to put in but in, on a matchup perspective it sounds like you're saying there's not a lot between these two no because you got a riser and yep. the other one's at the top Yep. And they've both got plenty of talent. The, the If we're looking rider to rider, well, J-Mac is the superior rider. Yep. And I'm, that's no knock on the, on the nah, car. Well, one of the bikes right. has just been rated the best in the world. <laughs> ah, but the only thing is, of course, J-Mac, this is not its normal hunting ground. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
couldn't help thinking while well, I was doing the form, I mentioned the weight, that uh, the fact that Tricks of the Trades got up in weight is leaving a huge value price for him. So, uh, of course, he still has to win to justify the price, but maybe uh, particularly for multis, he's, he's looking like he, he's terrific value at double-figure odds. His win in the railway was super. How are you breaking down his chances tomorrow? Well, this is probably the, the knockout runner. Yeah. Well, and in a, in a serious way. Firstly, the last start performance was no fluke, Ralphie. Best of the day, plus 3.7. All sections above benchmark, 1.3 above first section, 3.6 lengths above between the 8 and the 400. Finished off the overall last 400, plus 2.6. And a 1.1 length slowdown between the 4 and the 200 metres. Doesn't come much better than that, Ralphie. The second part of that is narrowly beaten last preparation at 1,800. Again, I looked I looked through it. Every section was above benchmark. It was solid. Probably that was what I would have considered a very efficient run, and there was a taper right at the end, giving me this, a couple of signals. The first signal was the horse may not have been at its uh, full skeletal strength and did feel the effects of that run right at the end. Now, they did end up going all the way up to 2,200 metres, but that was off a complete reversal in speed where they went almost 14 lengths above benchmark that day, uh, 14 below. But that last 400 at that 2,200 metres at Ascot, a plus (laughs) 10.7, just showed a couple of things. How much benefit the horse had gotten from the run before where it was tough. Yep. And then found itself in a slowly run race and was still able to produce unbelievable finish. And what I felt what what beat, beat that horse that day there was the bad move in terms of how slow they were going. So what you're saying is, and, and uh, the railway, 3.7, your forecast 3.2 is good enough. He really only has to maintain it to be pretty close to being in the finish. Yeah, well, he, he's, he delivered the step up. It's a yep. very young horse. And, okay, there's always this, the technicals on, you know, how fashionable is the rider and how one wants to handle that. But in terms of how well that rider's going form-wise, if you're looking at it when it's pinned on favourites, the the chart pretty shows pretty clearly that it might only be marginally behind the better riders, but nowhere near enough to say, oh, that's going to be an impediment. Well, he rode the race of his life. There's no question in the railway. The question is, I suppose, from that outside barrier, it's it's almost silly if he's not positive because, you know, as you've said, there's uh, with natural his natural speed, he'll be able to just get across, and there doesn't look like a lot of on go forward horses there. Yeah, that that's if they do get that tacty right and they go forward to midfield. Yep, it's, it's not going to be an easy horse to run down, and that's what I'm predicting. I forecast this horse has got the golden spot. Yep. And only a negative move from the rider will prevent that from having, happening because they'd be absolutely foolish if they wanted. If they see, if they go back, if they go for this strategy of going back to last, well, that's a disadvantage because the other two runners, key runners that like to sit off speed, Cascadia and Amelia's Jewel, they get the advantage. Well, while talking about tricks of the trade with that booming finish in the Mel Vista back in um, in March, the yes. winner was Alaskan God. There's really been much between them, and uh, and Alaskan God disappointed the market in the railway that we just spoke about with tricks of the trade. But outside of that, he's been pretty good, and there was a reason why he started in, in the market. Is is there a reason on the data that suggests why he, he put in a pretty plain run? Yeah, well, yeah 
I had a pretty clear view that the horse was flattened by the first up run, way too big off a long break. Yep. And some of these trainers, they, there's nothing they can do, of course, when they have that sort of setup. And they obviously have targets, strategies. What they can't control is if they get into a fast run race, that first section, 6.8 lengths below benchmark, that's beautiful in terms of the speed you're travelling at. But then when you're asked, you have a look at the mid-race. So when 4.2 above, that's as fast as the horse has ever gone. Well, outside of the northern run, I would say that's as quick as the horse has ever gone. But then look at the last 400. It was 8.9. Massive exertion. Big chance of turning up flat. They go second up. They go, have, they've been asked to go benchmark first section. Big negative. So I feel that's one of the reasons why that worked against the horse. I don't... Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know, you know, if, if trainers... Like, see in Western Australia, Rolfie, you can use barrier trials there to your advantage. Yep. Because they do have quite a few of them. And you can get on that Belmont track and trial. I don't know why they don't do that because that 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 you know they've gone in cold two hundred and three days. Maybe they've just for whatever reason. Maybe they, they do it all at home, but still, it's never the same. And I just can't help but feel they just got that wrong. So now, what does that mean? That still means is the horse is probably a run behind. Right. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. The horses. Possibly a run behind. Now, I, I marked it, say, okay, half run behind. And then you've got the second step. Are you now, okay, can you go plus 1.1? Why not? But are you going to go to that next step now? Are you going to do the transition? There's also the possibility now this horse lost a little bit of speed. Yep. Coming from that first to second up run because you use so much energy. So this is why... It's going to have to have a number of things in its advantage. I just put it simply like this, Ralphie. We've got a cluster of horses, three, four key runners that are going to be midfield, thereabouts. Who's got the bigger kick? So if I had to sit back and say, okay, this horse does have a good kick, Alaskan God, I'm not absolutely not going to dispute that, right? Yep. But is it going to have a better finish than Amelia's Jewel and Cascadian? I just had to say no. And I've got to wait and see. Uh, conversely, another horse that came through the uh, the railway, actually a stable mate, who was rock hard fit in Star Trade, uh, was forty to one there. But he, he's got a good level of talent. This horse, and he's got to be able to run eighteen hundred meters though in his first prep with Danny Morton. So it's probably you know so often we say uh, new stable, clean slate. Um, what's he showing as far as an eighteen hundred capacity? Well, firstly, this horse, yeah, good, well, well said from you, Ralphie. Horse is airborne. I can't believe how it's airborne. By the way, right. But I'm just going purely on the data. You have a look at its setup. You've got to go all the way back to 2021 September. I reckon that's when. Well, that's when the horse had its first up run, and then had a 75 day break after having a handful of runs, and then 63 all the way through. Looking at the distance profile of this particular horse, and saying, okay, do you have what's necessary to get 1800 meters? Well, that. The first thing I always say is you've got to get down to race shape is going to determine that. It had that one run of 2,000 metres off a really slow speed. The ground was off that day, so I, I, I don't, didn't want to sin bin the horse, Ralphie. Yep. 
Uh, so a couple of quick ones. Um, Dom Deschutes, we sizzled it last week uh, from its win. We didn't expect him to go into Group 1. So he's, his win was terrific. And he's, he's, I'll, I'll dumb down the phrase, he's basically throughout his career been a good listed uh, horse, not quite a Group 1 horse. Yeah, look, I did expect this horse to go close to winning on last weekend, Ralphie. I, I had expectations this horse was going to run well. But there was some clear lines in the data that was giving that indication. I actually felt that this horse won on a negative structure. 11 lengths below benchmark first section is definitely not doing this horse any favours. But the move in the mid-race, going 1.3 above, last 400, 5.4 above, did justify my thoughts that this horse was going to potentially turn up and run big. I actually feel now for seven-day backup, this should help the horse. Because there was no energy exertion through the first half of that race. So they probably got themselves like a bit of a bonus. And I do expect this horse to be competitive, Ralphie. And it's it's got a oh, let's go back to December two thousand and twenty. That's that's where I feel this horse is running at that level. Well, he's eighty one dollars, so that's definitely a multi option there. And that, that yeah. run that you're talking about was this race two years ago. And while he was well beaten, truly great was absolutely unbelievable that day. So uh that that shows you he's two point six actually puts him puts him round about what you're saying in, on the podium. Yep. Okay. Uh and just the one I, I wanted to ask you about was Steinem. I mean, I put a sizzler on her at uh after that Flemington run. First time forward for the campaign. She's a horse who's shown some talent. She was erratic uh at, at the barriers first up. So obviously they've had to do some work mentally with uh with this horse, but she was just on the bridle there at uh, Flemington and when the data came out there was a reason why Johnny Allen had hold of her because they'll go 7.3 links above benchmark so it was a good performance how, how are you uh, assessing her from a multi-perspective tomorrow yeah well they're pretty scary stable that's the first thing yep and Johnny Allen coming over with them and see this this was a situation that was reversed they did a, they did a, a trial as well on the 21st 11th at Belmont yep and they were just looking to just get the horse's uh, cobwebs out. <laughs> That's it, has to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that we're going to look at is if you come with the view that this horse loves clean ground, this is coming into a race where oh, there's no way you could sit here and say this horse has peaked. And from two fronts, number one, peaking in the prep, and number two, pre peaking as a horse there's nothing at all to suggest that you can put a ceiling on this horse and say okay well that's your top no way you just now got to come to the realization and say all right how well can you go if you run to the 1.9 that sort of puts you reasonably competitive coming from this stable if the of course you can always look at a, a barrier trial in the opposite direction saying maybe the horse isn't going to appreciate being there in western australia yep but if that's not the case, then 1.9 should be the absolute low that you're going to look at. And why can't this stable, as we've seen so many times, Ralphie, find two lengths? <laughs> well, I wouldn't sit and say no. I, no way I would say that. Uh, now, I just realised I didn't really uh, ask you much about Bustler. So how does Bustler match up against Miller's Jewel? Bustler. Yeah, okay. So it's run second to Amelia's Jewel, plus two. Um, that was stepping to a mile for the first time. So now it has to go to 1,800 and, beat, and, and, and and turn the tables. Yeah, well, form-wise, it's been pretty solid, hasn't it, all the way through? Yeah, unbeaten until that run. 
Yep. I can't. I can't sit here and say, well, you stepping up to 1800 is going to be bad. No, it's a very lightly raced horse. You've got a rock solid plus two profile. I, My reservation for me is, and of course, if I get this wrong and the horse doesn't go forward, then my view would be different. But because I see this horse being part of the lead pack, you're going to be one of the horses that are going to be hunted. And I don't like it when you're in this type of setup that you are the hunted one. Again, it's just the position in running scenario. But if for some reason this horse happens to be not leading and sits three to five lengths off him, then all of a sudden its strategy improves. But the downside is this. It is a little bit one-paced with a good cruising speed. And if it turns into a four or 500 metres of high-octane acceleration, the horse is going to be left flat-footed against a few others. So it was one of those things on the chessboard. Didn't matter how I moved it. I couldn't see where your clear edge is going to be. But performance-wise, a plus two can make you competitive, Ralphie. All right. In summary, it sounds like you're uh, you're not arguing a lot with the market here with Cascadia and Amelia's Jewel dominating, but you are saying that Tricks of the Trade is uh, is certainly uh, well well over the odds at around as much as $14 being bet. Yeah, well, for me, from a, you know, from a business point of view, you know, and I look at my own chessboard, it's going to get down to in the morning saying, which one of those threes do I want to play with? All right. All right. Well, uh, well certainly, uh, if you're getting this product, you're going to be getting the full update tomorrow morning as well. The Jungle Dawn Classic here. Well, we've got, uh, we've got a field of 10 and five of them are in the market. So not nice and competitive. This is race seven. Uh, the uh, the favourite, well, I suppose it's, it's Ginger Fire and Vane Tempest. Buzz Zoom's right in the race as well. Uh, firstly, how are you uh, assessing the speed profile of this race? Yeah, bang on. <sighs> Look, sometimes you can have situations, small fields, they run a bit faster than average, but I just feel it's, it's going to be orderly, really yep. good orderly speed, compact. No one's going to want to do anything crazy. I look at Parnham, especially the two Parnham boys. Are they going to want to go out there and go ridiculous? No, they're going to want to go into a forward position, but with a level of control, so orderly. Did my homework and I thought you're probably going to zero in on Sentimental Queen knowing the way you like uh, first up profiles and she's first up and Baratrol was good and her profiles are very hard to knock first up. Yeah, well, if you run up to the first up last prep, just that alone, and I look at the two barrier trials leading in, the setup's perfect, love that. And Ralphie, do I have a really healthy respect for the rider? I, I, this lady is very good. Very good rider, Ralphie. Got massive potential. I just watched how cool she was in that big race when you know, it just sort of flopped out of the stalls, not things being perfect, kept its cool, kept its calm. You could have completely you know, turned that race into a mess had you not had a, your wits about you. So I like, I like the rider profile as well. And all the indications are this horse is set to run big first up. Only a bad yard report, which I feel is going to be very low probability. All right. Uh, Gingerfly, Ginger you've got next most mad advantage. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But it too was also first up. What's its profile like? Yeah, when I look at this particular horse, this horse has also had a couple of lead-ins going to it. Trials have been reasonable. We know how good this stable can be from a first up point of view. Just the challenge is there is 
a case that I could put forward that may indicate that you could on your day turn up and run somewhere near benchmark, but all the... I know it's a much shorter break than the past, so obviously maybe they've they've kept this horse ticking over, you know, you know, in terms of a hundred and five day break and might be a little bit fitter than other times, but just the numbers are sort of saying you're probably gonna turn up and be a more like a benchmark first up sort of horse. But if, if you turn up and run like you did towards the end of the prep and you run two point three, then I can see why the market has got a favourite. All right, uh, race six, just a look at the other two quaddy legs briefly yep. here. Um, try for us. Um, you talk about if you turn up and run what you did, well, this is the same track, same distance, a fortnight above, 1.8 links above benchmark. Is that good enough to win this, if it can do that? Well, you'd almost be sitting here and saying to yourself, Rolfie, that could this be one of the best bets of the day? Right. Right? Well, the way I'm looking at it is that if you run 1.8, that's just last start performance, and that's a regression from three starts prior to that, where I took it as a flat line run in the middle, personally, then that's probably already too good. <laughs> and I'm going back through the history and saying, well, I have absolutely zero evidence that you've peaked. Well, and you've got to match up. We've just been talking about the northerly. You've got to match up with Amelia's jewel form, really, because the that Santoro uh, second was just a dynamic time, 2.4 legs above benchmark, when narrowly defeated. Yeah, and if the stable was smart enough to have J-Mac on it, then it would be a standout. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you. So the, the kids are on it. They've, they've gone the three kilos off. Um, he, uh, I suppose there's the challenge. Yeah, well... People get scared. Sixty kilos is going to be a real big problem. Yeah, you know, got to count. You know, carry the world on me, and they're not factoring enough about. Sometimes, look at the flip side. The sixty means you might have a superior class advantage, and you might dilute that all in the wrong way, right? Yeah, by putting the youngster on it, and that's the only negative. But that's it, it's only the rider that stops it being from being in a standout and really just going in the window and collecting. So I'm hoping that uh, he doesn't keep his wits about him. Yep. And can stay cool and calm and everything works for him. He gets the luck that he needs and doesn't get out-bustled because this looks like one of the easier opportunities, but you can't have an A-grade bet on that type of rider. Well, Vince, looking at Megazone, though, uh, we'll just finalise with this one. Double figure odds seems crazy on what it did uh, three weeks back. It was this track, this distance, 1.3 links above benchmark, more than sound performance. Maybe it's gone up three kilos and the fact that it was $21 SP profiling, but the market's saying, well, no, you should be double figure odds again because certainly on the data, I can't see why it's double figure odds. Oh, it was brilliant. 1.3 above, third best of the day, coming to its top. In terms of uh, preparation, every section was above benchmark. There's no way this horse is going to have that type of tough run here. Not a chance in a million. So this horse at any point in the race is going to feel like, oh, we're cruising here. We're going to have a stack of energy at any given point. So this is a, a definitely plus horse. Market-wise, they've got it wrong, 100%. There's lots of twelve and thirteen dollars about. I've got a feeling with what you've just said, the track distance profile, the fact that they might take a bit of a set against try for us with the rider. Uh, I don't know if those odds will last. So I know bookies are very conservative on the Friday, but that might be uh, might be one worth pick, picking off there for uh, for those looking for for an early value play. Last race here, Vince, just uh, quickly here, can't be done. Well, 
he was very good last week. I know him pretty well from uh, from Melbourne. I uh, just wonder if he's had a few issues over the journeys. But uh, if he repeats uh, on a week-to-week basis, he's going to have to be in the finish, isn't he? Well, I've always known from the experience of life, particularly when it comes to working on form, same track, same distance, there's always a high probability to repeat. And there it is last start, 1.7 above, fifth best of the day. There was a taper at the end. That was condition because it was it – was, like, really, the horses had two good testing runs, very, very fit in terms of where the horse is. And, Ralphie, even if it runs a length below that profile, okay, I'll, I'll be aggressive, two lengths below, the horse probably still runs first three. Well, that's not bad at the uh, the nine dollars there, and no nine or ten dollars in fact. But I, I just want to finish with the last race, Pike. I just want to ask you this one: <laughs> burn you to burn you to survive. Now it didn't come up last prep. Blinkers first time, it showed big, phenomenal closing speed in its first prep. Barrett trial's been good. Is there a chance if he just winds back the clock and says, "All right, let's forget that last prep and brings his A game"? What did it do at Pinjaro when it won that? Day? It was a plus nine last last uh, four hundred. So it stands itself as having a level of talent. Yeah, well, obviously the horse can turn up and run big first up. The leading trials have been solid, giving another clear signal this horse is absolutely ready to play. I actually marked that last trial better than when it went first up win at Pinjaro, the one you're talking about, Ralphie. So yep. I see that as being a big plus for this particular horse. It's a very, very lightly raced horse as well. So I don't know if they've had problems or what, why, or maybe just allowing it to mature. And could this be the scary setup? Because, you know, I don't have an above benchmark profile on the horse. That doesn't mean that you can't. And how much do you want to allow for blinkers? How much do you want to allow for Pikey being on board? And it's not a big field, so hard for... Hard to see Pikey getting into any trouble. <laughs> no, no, absolutely right. All right, we'll wind it up there. We'll uh, we'll talk business in the morning, go through each and every race, and it'll be an accompaniment to the final edition of Race Speed Profiles. In the meantime, thanks so much for being a customer of our preview of Kingston Town, now Northerly Stakes Day at Ascot.